0: Gratitude. That's my everyday attitude. Gratitude. 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 Have you ever looked up at the stars and just wondered what it all means? Asking yourself, "How do we get here? And where are we going?" When I look out in the world, I see so many people getting lost in their stories, rarely thinking about or asking the bigger unanswerable questions of the universe like what's the purpose of life how did we come to be and what happens when we die well this is pretty much all i think about and so i decided to start asking others as well welcome to quantum coffee
1: Somebody will say something and it brings up that shadow side of yourself or, or maybe it's the, the, the light side of yourself and you realize how much you can actually embrace somebody in love and in acceptance for, for who they actually are. And that container of, of safety, you find people stepping into their, their courage and their bravery to be able to share those things. And it really is this beautiful amount of, of, of medicine just a hell of a way to make a ding in the universe, man.
0: All right, everyone. welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. Got an amazing guest today. He is a brother from another mother. I met this guy a couple of years ago in a one of the communities I joined uh, called Fit for Service uh, through Aubrey Marcus's program. Um, we've been able to get to know each other pretty intimately over the last, I don't know six months or so. We've done a couple of retreats together. And he's just an amazing man. Um, As an expecting father, uh, I learn a lot from him. He's got two kids of his own. I think they're four and three years old. He's an amazing husband. He's just an amazing man. And, you know, we dive into some of the spiritual concepts that I like to talk about and, you know, questioning, uh, discussing the unanswerable questions of the universe. He's got a really fascinating perspective, and he's on his own journey of awakening, and he's getting a lot of different activations. spiritually and he's got some really cool stories that he shares um, but you know towards the middle and the end we talk about really what it means to be a man especially in today's society how to raise kids so if you're a father if you're a mother if you're someone who is trying to become a better um, family member try to reconnect with your parents even we share a little bit about my journey and his journey and some of the deeper work we've done over the last couple of years to really show up as our authentic selves removing our masks and trying to embody um, being a loving being in this world filled with so much fear and division. And it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of courage. And this man has a lot of wisdom and he's showing up each day trying to make the world a better place. And I'm really grateful that he took the time to have a conversation with me. And I know you guys are gonna get a ton of value out of this. If you enjoy this podcast, please, at the end, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, and rating it uh goes a long way to supporting me on my mission of trying to share this amazing content with the world and just these amazing conversations with these amazing people that i've been blessed enough to connect with over the years and we're just getting started uh hope you guys enjoy this conversation and without further ado here's chris hager All right, Chris, what's up, man? I really appreciate you coming on the show. We, uh, we're we going to dive into some stuff. I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, first, let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your story, what you're doing, and maybe you can share how we met and what that journey's been like, and then we'll kind of dive into the universal questions and what it all means. Love it, man. Excited to be here, and thanks for Thanks for me allowing me to
1: jump on. I've been—it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. So jumping on a podcast and being able to put something like this out into the world is exciting. Um, dude, I live in LA my whole life, lived in, uh, born and bred, as they say. Uh, worked in the insurance space the last 13 years. Recently quit my job uh, because I wanted to make an impact and do something a little bit bigger. So uh, started a, a insure tech company. With a great friend of mine and mentor to really just change, you know, the the benefit space and how people receive insurance. Uh, that really started uh leading me down to a whole bunch of other paths and and how you and I met uh was in Fit for Service, uh, which was the uh, Aubrey Marcus, uh, Kyle Kingsbury, Eric Godsley, Caitlin Howe, uh On It Tribe that they started two years ago that you and I were both a part of. And, you know, I think we all kind of knew each other, but you and I hadn't really connected uh, as, as deeply until this past summit that we went to in Tahoe. And uh, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but uh, I, I fell madly in love with my boy, Big Joe Gratitude over here and was uh, fired up about getting the chance to uh, spend some more time with you in Sedona. And so after, you know, we basically lived together for 12 days the last two months, <laughs> and, uh, with you and your, your lovely now wife, uh, have really just sparked this amazing friendship and that led us here to this podcast. My
0: man. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like you're, you're a brother from another mother, no doubt. We definitely have this soul connection and we're just, uh, you know, our energies are so in resonance and in such alignment and, you know, it's really amazing. I mean, were you in the, uh, fit for service since the beginning? Like Yeah since Austin, OG
1: fit for service, man.
0: Yeah, I know. It's really wild. Like when that first, that whole thing first started, like no, none of us really knew what it was. And it's fascinating even being in it for a whole, I mean, year and a half, year and a few months. And we didn't even really, we knew of each other. We connected a, a few times, but very like surface level in, in, in crossing our paths. But to actually stay with you on a couple different of those retreats and summits we did. And we really got to connect on a deeper level, man. It's been, it's been a true honor. Likewise, man.
1: Likewise. Yeah. I think, um, you know, going back to that, that first summit together in, in March, 2019, I don't know that, that any of us as members had a clue as to what we were getting ourselves into. I definitely don't think the coaches knew what they were about to create in terms of that container. Uh, but it's really become something special. It's really become this, 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 area for people to be able to grow and express themselves and share things that, um, that really is, is reserved sometimes not even for other people. Sometimes those secrets are so deep and so dark that a lot of people don't have a place to turn to, or, or maybe they have just a few people to turn to, but what's always impressed me about it is that ability to connect with somebody and share something that might, might bring this amount of shame and, and guilt and this reluctance and how it's just met with this tidal wave of like love and acceptance. And I mean, you and I both heard some, some crazy shit (laughs) along the way. Some, some amazing admissions of, of, you know, quote unquote guilt or shame or, or trauma or spoken those words ourselves. Right. And, Mm. and to turn around and to have this community um, really see you for who you are and, and sing that song of your soul of like, Hey, we know that you're not that action, but you're this greater person. Uh, it's just been something that, that I know I've, I've clung onto and, and tried to make that a daily part of my practice. And I know that you're the, you know, you're the same way, but that's the thing that really stands out as to, to what you and I have traveled. Because even though we connected recently, we've, we've been in part of that shared experience for, for damn near two years now.
0: Mm, yeah, I couldn't have said it better, man. It's like the the ability, like we we always have this fear of expressing who we really are and what we're going through on a deeper level, and we're we're scared of how it's going to be received. We're scared we're going to get you know abandoned, betrayed, whatever this wounding that comes up by sharing our true selves. And that what, throughout our lives, what what that creates is these masks that we wear on how we think we need to interact with reality. And all of us wear different masks depending on the different situation we're in, or the different people we're hanging out with. And to be a part of this experience where we are able to share the deepest parts of who we are, the the, the parts that have been so hurt, and even some of the stuff that's so unconscious we don't even know, and, and being able to use tools and techniques and, and practices to dive deeper into understanding ourselves on a deeper level, parts of ourselves that we didn't even know were there, and being able to process them has allowed me to really show up fully as my most authentic self with love, knowing that. I'm gonna be okay if i share my truth it really like on a deeper level it's allowed us all to connect with deep honest like transparent truth and when it comes up within us we're, we feel comfortable to express it because we've expressed it and we've been met with love in this container and it's been so beautiful wow that was a that was a great expression of that too because i think what you're what you
1: touched on is something that that resonated but i i don't know if I've articulated like that but you almost get to know yourself better, right? You, you get to this space where somebody will say something and it brings up that shadow side of yourself or or maybe it's the, the, the light side of yourself and you realize how much you can actually embrace somebody in love and in acceptance for, for who they actually are. And that container of, of safety, you find people stepping into their, their courage and their bravery to be able to share those things. And it really is this beautiful amount of, of, of medicine. You know, I, I think it's, it's not lost on me how fortunate that, that we are. And I, you know, you and I are, are always saying, damn, like, we're so like, there's so much gratitude. This is so amazing. How lucky are we? How amazing is this to be, you know? And I think, you know, you and I resonate on this, this idea of being guided by the universe and, you know, it's not luck. It's not any of those things, but just swimming in that that ocean of gratitude of like, this is the coolest freaking thing around. Like, I can't believe this is a thing that we get to experience. And, I, you know, additionally, I think it's just something that that I know I want to bring home with me to people who aren't inside that container. I know that you've made it a mission to bring that home with you with your various projects. And man, that's just a, just a hell of a way to make a ding in the universe, man.
0: Mm, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's how we heal the world, right? Is by looking within and healing ourselves and being able to bring that medicine to the world. And it really is like, there's nothing we can say or do to change people's lives. It's really, how can we embody our most authentic self? How can we embody love and how can we hold space and be present for others when they're working through their own stuff? Because that's what this container has provided. It's provided a place of pure presence. And I truly believe that presence is what heals. And it's not by, it's an energetic signature, right? It's not about any of the things I'd share with somebody. It's about at being there fully present in like a loving presence. And that energy allows them to release the stories that they're holding in that get in the way, the mass that get in the way of, of their most authentic self. Um, let's talk about the universe, right? And like bringing us together and and what this whole experience really is, because that's what the show's about. And I know we've had countless conversations about this, and that's why we decided to record it so people could, could chime in and, and hopefully add some value on some of the questions, right? The deeper questions of what this universe and what this experience is. So, you know, the three questions i like to ask everybody, and this will kind of guide our conversation is, you know, what's the purpose of life? How did we come to be? Or, or, or what your definition of God is, this experience? And then what happens when you die? So let's start with, uh, what do you think the whole purpose of this life is? And like, how does it all work? And like, what does it all mean? You know,
1: I, what I love about your show, Joe, is you start with these softball questions and then they progressively get harder, right? <laughs> Why are we all here? What does it all mean? Who is God? What happens when we die? I mean, those are just layups, right? We can we can yeah. go ahead and, and, and dunk those all day. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think if you'd asked me this question even six weeks ago, I probably would have had a different answer for you. And I think the part of this is, is really being fluid in how you take in these questions and your ability to, to change your mind, right? To, to get a different experience that resonates with you and, and say, oh, wow, like, well, this is really powerful. So, you know, obviously as a kid growing up as a Irish Catholic with a mother who was a vice principal of the Catholic school I went to, um, I was pretty much told all these the answers to to those. Told, questions. told what
0: to believe, right?
1: Yeah. Here, here's your answers. Here, here's the question, and here's the answer for your notebook. Show your work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, as as I always say, I'm I'm uh, not a practicing Catholic anymore. I'm I'm out on good behavior. Um, but <laughs> but oddly enough, you know, I'm really started to go back to some of the ideology, not the dogma, not the religion but a lot of things that that are about the embodiment of Christ consciousness you know you would recommend mm. that book of resurrecting jesus and and that's really opening my eyes and that's probably a that's probably a different conversation for us to have but i would
0: love to jump into the story of jesus because that's one of my favorite things i have a very similar story right is coming full circle growing up in a christian church christian household having a lot of questions not having a lot of answers right i mean it was like very like answers that didn't make sense to me. And I'm like, well, that's, that's it. Like, you're not going to explore any deeper than that. And, you know, through my own experiences and doing this deep internal work and finding my own truth and my own experience and coming full circle to those teachings and being able to see the truth in them Mm. is a profound experience. Right. Yeah. Well, and,
1: and, and I think
0: that's what's, what's really started to
1: resonate is, you know, to go back to, so why are we here right now? What's really jumping out at me um and again, we could we could run this back in six months, and it'll it'll probably change or or be a bit more fluid to that as as Bruce Lee said, be water, my friend. Um, you know, I think we're here to learn a lesson that our soul needs. I, I believe that we're here to try to find something that that sticks out. whether you believe in in past lives or not, for me, that's something that resonates. I had a a very palpable experience, and I wouldn't even call it a vision. I, I had a, a past life experience just uh, about three weeks ago, um, two very specifically that jump out. And the lesson that came up for me from those experiences was really about acceptance, right? And, you know, last year, one of the reasons that I I joined the, that Fit for Service tribe was to work on self-love. And that's something that I think a lot of people can resonate, right? We have that monkey mind that jumps up and no matter what you do, that you're you're the best singer, football player, CEO, whatever it is, you always battle with. Do I deserve this? Am I a fraud? Am I good enough? What's going on? There's these things that that kick up, and you know, last year there was a lot of work done on self love, and and certainly it's still something this day that I I struggle with, but I wouldn't call it my struggle anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've I've gotten to enough space of of knowing that it really resonates and you know to go back to that that book and resurrecting jesus one of the concepts that he talks about is there's a difference between understanding something and knowing something right and I, I think he gives the analogy of you know a caterpillar can understand what it's like to fly but it doesn't know what it's like to fly it's it's living its mm. life in these you know two dimensions the highest it can go is up the bush or up the tree but only the butterfly knows what it's like to flutter around, to fly down, to go up and to live in, in these four dimensions in this 4D environment where it could really go anywhere it wants. And, you know, I had some very powerful lessons around knowing self-love. And, you know, last year in a Temescal ceremony, um, I was fortunate enough, as they called in your ancestors, to have this experience where my, my you know, deceased grandmother came to visit me. And it was a very powerful and emotional thing. And I felt her hand, I could, my eyes were closed, but I could see her grabbing it. I, it was a very felt experience. And, you know, I said, man, I, I just miss you. I, I, I wish you were around to, <clears throat> to see my grandkids and or see your grandkids and great grandkids and, and to have this experience and have this connection with them. And I was shown this like flash of all these moments with my kids. And she said, I was, I've been there this whole time. Like, what do you mm. what do you mean you wish I was around? Like, I wasn't there physically, but if you think I've missed any of this, I've seen all of it. And, you know, of course, uh, you know, that sent me crying and, and emotionally purging all this this stuff because I had held that with me for so long. And the shaman, as I was walking out, said, Hey, you know, the next time you visit this place um, be sure to have a question, you know, ready for your ancestors, which he didn't say to everybody. So it really resonated with me that something happens that these guys are really special (laughs) that he tapped into that somehow through that ekaros and knew that I had that experience. And so the following week, I I told my wife about it. We stayed in, in Tulum another week longer. And she said, well, I want to, do that. Let's, you know, she, you know, Shirley's ride or die. She's like, yeah. let's go. Let's let's, go. <laughs> let's have that experience, right? We're, we're fortunate that we have these these women at our side that are are powerful in their own right and ready to to, to take life by the horns and do their thing. So we had that again. And my question was around self love. And hey, how do I how do I experience self love? Am I worthy of self love? And same thing. They call in the ancestors in that final block. You've already been in there an hour. It's you know, 220 degree, however hot it feels like an oven, right? Yeah. yeah. And for
0: those of you that don't know, this is a, this is a traditional sweat lodge ceremony where they do these four doors, bring in these piping hot rocks in the center. And it's almost like the sauna, they throw water on it. It gets really, really hot. They close it. It's almost pitch black. So it's a, it's a very traditional, experience, but it's, uh, it's very powerful and it challenges you not only physically, but it drops you into these different mental states as well. Just to give some context to people, sorry for interrupting. No, absolutely. That's that that's, that's good. Really,
1: really tests a lot of your mental fortitude because you have to want to stay in there. And there's certainly people who, who might need to tap out and have that moment. and, And I know that they've had some great experiences as well, but, but in going back through that, that second time, um, I saw this time, both of my grandmothers, uh, because again, both of them had passed and I felt both their hands on my hands and they said, Hey, we, we understand you have a question for us. And, uh, man, every time I tell a story, I get to, <laughs> just brings up these emotions. And I said, yeah, you know, I, I want to know if I'll ever be worthy of self-love. And they both looked at me in like the most grandmother way that like, like someone could look at you. And then at each other and kind of laughed, right? Like like at me, like, oh, you're so adorable. Like you would like a little kid who asked them like really cute question that you're just like, oh, of course, silly. Like like it was just so like nonchalant. And and they said, of course you're worthy. Uh, you can't be, um, they said, you can't be uh, worthy of something you already are. And the, mm. the message and the analogy they gave me is that the water doesn't ask if it can be a raindrop or a rain cloud. Doesn't ask if it can be part of the 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 ocean. It doesn't ask if it it can be an iceberg. It all is the same thing. It's all water. It's all love. And so you asking if you're worthy of self-love, you can't be worthy of something you just are. Mm. And you know, I think in that moment, you know, obviously it was a very powerful message, but it really took a while to integrate that. And what I walked away with from that, that, that piece was. Wow! Like, what a great message. Number one to get from from your grandma, right? That was the if that was the carrier of it. That was sent uh, was sent to deliver that message. Uh, it it definitely resonated in my heart. But the other piece of it was that that stuck with me, was this very bizarre sense of just knowing that I was capable and and of of this love and this idea of because I am that thing. And the more I sat with it, the more I had that, it felt like this really odd recognition of something that like, not just Chris in this meat suit, right? The guy driving this body right now, uh, needed to hear. It was something that like on the cell, uh, on the soul level that I needed to hear and go through. Mm -hmm. And so it's
0: almost like your soul came in to learn that lesson. And that's the one lesson, one, one of the many lessons that we have in a lifetime that we choose to come down from whatever dimensional ether reality our souls live in i mean talk about that a little bit like like are there different i mean in an infinite universe there's got to be infinite dimensional realities happening simultaneously i don't know any of this this is kind of what resonates with me and i've heard different spiritual teachings talk about you know we have an ethereal body we have a mental body we have an emotional body we have an energetic body we have this physical body and Like, talk a little bit about that. Like, is that our soul that's walking around controlling this body? Are we in this physical body walking around? Is it all happening simultaneously? Like, is our soul having multiple experiences in different human bodies at once? Is this universe just one soul having an experience and everybody, like, cause you know, you talk about this idea of oneness, right? Like we are all one and we're all fractals of the divine. If you, I really like the analogy that If you look at a diamond, right? A diamond is one solid thing. And all we are is just one little fractal of light shining off in a different way. And like maybe a soul is just this universe, this universe having an experience of what this reality is. And just to us, we're all separate, but we're all one. And maybe there's an infinite number of souls living in their own universe reality. I know I'm getting really out there with all this. (laughs) Bring me back in, Chris. Bring me back in. No, man,
1: look, I I I love it, but right? this is uh this is why we have the conversations is to bounce those ideas off of one another and and see what starts to stick, or or better yet, in your words, right, what what resonates at this point. Yeah, you know, man, I, somebody else had asked me that. Like, uh, uh, am I just you experiencing me, you know, in this other perspective, right? Like, is is that where we're we're headed towards where we're all this collective one, but you know, I don't know if it's because we're we're fractured and we're trying to remember that we're all whole, right? Is it is it like um you know a schizophrenic patient who's got all these different people inside of its head, but they're really this one being? Um, do we exist on multiple planes and uh, of reality and existence and dimensions? You know, I, I've I gotta feel like somewhere what, what is making sense to me now is is this idea that that we have this this human self and but we're these spiritual beings, right? And our human selves are are certainly limited to to what we can do, touch, and feel, kind of tactically here in this world, right? That's the the limitation uh, of the human experience, at least for most of us, right? There's some ascended masters who've figured out how to to go beyond time and space, but um, you know, a friend of mine, uh, his, his one of my best friends, actually, his his mother recently passed. And it was a, a Catholic mass. And the, the priest said something that st- uh, stuck out to me. He said, You know, a lot of people think that that coming to church or coming to God is we're, you know, humans having this spiritual experience. But he said, In my mind, and, and according to one of my great teachers, is that we're really these spiritual beings having these human experiences. And Man, if that didn't just club me right in the head of that mass, which was the first time I'd, I'd been back to church in probably 17 or 18 years, um, to hear somebody, you know, of the cloth speak that way, um, what started to ping off in my head was this idea about, well, if we're spiritual beings, then we don't just exist here, right? In this human form, we do, but there's this, you know, call it the astral plane. That's what I've been calling it, you know, lately we can have these different experiences all over and and so you know i don't know how you logic your way through this but somehow my my logical monkey mind jumps out and goes well of course i could have another experience over here in my astral body or i could be experiencing something else in this other dimension or the other side of the planet or whatever it might be and what a fun thing to just to just think about and contemplate and go through is what else am I experiencing on that higher level, whether that's my higher sense of self or my soul or, or whatever those things exist. But but yeah, I mean, that's really what's been resonating for me right now. I mean, what, what jumps out for you?
0: Yeah. What just came to me when I was thinking about is like these experiences of connecting to something that, is like greater than this ego mind of, of this thinking mind. I feel like, I mean, I've had these experiences lately where I'll be talking to somebody and it'll be like, like, I, I I'm just the awareness of the conversation that's coming through me. And it's almost as if the universe or God or our spirit or whatever you want to call this experience we're having. I mean, I think it's ineffable and in labeling it really creates the separation. Right. But I've had these experiences recently where I'll just be talking to somebody and I don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying, but it just feels so natural to bring it up in conversation. And it's not like, it's not like this download or something that comes to my mind. It's like, Hey, I need to share this with you because I just thought about it. And I felt called to tell you, it like literally comes through me in conversation. And I'm just the awareness of having it. And I've had a couple of times, especially in the fit for service community where like, because people are a lot more open to this kind of stuff and they just stop and be like, like, why'd you ask me that? Or why'd you say that? Or where did that come from? And it's like, it's almost like this thing that exactly what they needed to hear in that moment. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know, I hear people, you know, talk about channeling and, and, you know, I've, I've, I've witnessed a couple people who do channel and, you know, they, they, they almost like drop in, connect to this, whatever it is, spirit, soul, Ascend a master, higher self. And then they like, you know, communicate with it and talk, it talks through them. But like my experience, I've like, I felt this connection of this channeling, but it's just like, it's a weird experience that I can't really explain, but it feels like it's just, I'm just the awareness of my body talking. And yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Heard, heard, man. And, and I've, I've experienced part of that not only in my own experience, but with you. And I, I've got a great story to share here. Um, because you and I had this conversation where we were talking about our parents and and how we kind of, you know, are are of the belief where we feel like we're old souls, like we've the the place that we're dipping into, the place that we're we're seeking out right now, it, it feels, and not to say to trivialize parents or any of that. It's certainly not about that, but But where you and I are standing right now in terms of what we are, you know, forgetting knowledge, but where we have this knowing in our heart about what we want to do and what we want to accomplish and the mark we want to leave on our tribe and our community, on our people, on earth, in this universe, is to continue to excel and get better and help people and assist. And, you know, I was sharing some struggles that I had with, with conversations with my mom and you went right into this idea of of when you sit down with your parents that you go into this interaction of trying to hold space like ceremonially almost where it's like i'm going to i'm going to protect myself i'm going to be here to to be here for them to listen to them to make sure that they feel held and seen and heard and you know if they say something that that i find is triggering that you say hey this is what you said this is kind of how it made me feel with love i know that's not you know, I know that's not what you meant, but, you know, that's what I heard. And, and I just want you to know that I love you and, and I'm here for you. And, and you know, I forget the exact words, but what stuck with me was that idea of holding space for your parents, or in this case for my mom. And, you know, when I got back from Sedona as a thank you for my mom watching the kids, um, I said, hey, can I take you to lunch? You know, I'd, I'd love to have lunch, just you and I, and have a conversation. A, I know it's going to, you know, she's a proud mom. She loves me. She wants to spend that time anyway. Um, but, you know, it's also something that, that, to be honest, I, I avoided doing from time to time because I get very triggered by my mom. And and we have these battles about what I can and can't share, what I should and shouldn't be doing. And I really went in with that that mindset that you said in place of just, I'm going to hold space. I'm going to be protective of, of what I need in terms of boundaries, but I want to be here to listen and provide for her and try to, to receive what she says in the spirit of which I know she's actually trying to say it, which is not to knock me down to peg or to, she's definitely not mm. that person. Uh, but that's, what's been received. And man, I, I gotta tell you, we had one of the best lunches oh, that I've had awesome. in, in, in. You know probably since I was five years old and I didn't know any better, right? Mm. And and it was really a result of that conversation we had. I believe it was Sunday night, you know, it was post uh wilderness, uh, the soul wander. And and we got into that conversation and man, it stuck with me. And it was like a really beautiful thing. So so I want to take a minute and thank you for that because but that was definitely you uh and, and the universe working through you to deliver that message and it was heard man. So so thank yeah.
0: you. Thanks, brother. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Like my whole journey through life, I've, I've felt like I haven't had a big, big traumatic event in my life, you know, growing up, there's nothing that really shot me off course. Like I see some people, you know, some really traumatic events, you know, getting a bad accident, get sexually abused, get, you know, physically abused by their parents, like whatever it is. And I've always had this like Insecurity of like who who am I to share my story or help support and give and hold space for others and I haven't experienced what they're going through right and always thought like this person's had it worse for me my my experience isn't that bad and I, I come back to this deep healing work I've done with the connection to my parents and they 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 are not bad people they've they they supported me I had a really good upbringing a really good childhood but they weren't supportive and loving in the way I needed. And it created this separation and it created this story in my mind that I was always envious of other guys in the relationship with their dad, especially. And I just never had that connection. And I always felt like the black sheep of the family. I, I it created the story where I wanted to go travel and experience life. And I felt like I couldn't reconnect with them. And it's fascinating that, you know, finding this tribe of people in the FFS community, it really does feel like my family always wish I had. But what's happened is it's given me The tools and doing my own deep work and learning about, you know, spirituality and and energy and the connection and and my own resistances and triggers coming full circle and, and doing that deep work with my parents and getting to a point where I've reopened that energetic loving connection that I've always desired and realizing that my family is the family I've always desired. They're right there the entire time. But it was myself getting my own way of being able to experience that fully. And it's really fascinating, like this law of the universe that. It's this law of reciprocity and this law of attraction. And a lot of us are expecting the world to give us what we think we deserve. Or, you know, for my parents, for example, it's like, I, I want them to love me in the way I've always wanted to be loved. And what I've realized is, and I've, I've always wanted to be seen by them and heard. And what I've realized is, I ha- I, where am I not seeing them? Where am I not loving them? Where am I not allowing them to be who they are? And wow. as soon as I've done that work and I've been able to show up for them, hold space for them, get to know them and love them in the way I've wanted to be loved, it's it's opened the energy connection. It's come back to me and it's opened this cycle of energy. And that deep work I've done with that, I've realized is such, such a difficult thing for so many people. And everybody, I feel like, has some kind of reconnection they can make with their parents on some level, whether they're super amazing or super terrible. It's like... I feel like everybody realizes at some point that their parents aren't the gods that we think they are when we're kids, right? They fall short somehow and that creates some kind of traumatic experience. And now realizing that that's my medicine for the world and sharing people that experience of really reconnecting with my parents in that beautiful way is a difficult thing. And it is something that has a lot of value. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And you know, I feel like it is part of my journey to help people reconnect with their family because I feel like if I can do it, like it's possible for a lot of people. And obviously there's a lot of different things. And I think it comes back to this, this idea of we can't expect someone to say, sorry to own where, the way they are at Or, And a lot of times I don't think they're intentionally doing stuff to us. It's through their own traumatic experience, but it really comes back to this idea of forgiveness. Cause even if you don't reconnect in a way that you desire with your parents, for whatever reason, you, you, you can work towards a place of forgiving them and when you can forgive, that's this act of letting go, and that will reopen the energy connection, even if you can't actually interact with them in a, in a way that you want.
1: Um, so I really wow. appreciate you sharing that, brother. Dude, and that that was a that was a powerful share right there. First of all, from you to go back to that being an intent of yours, because I I don't you know uh, you had shared that it was important obviously to you, but I didn't know that that backstory that you just created right there for me. So so. Thank you for that. And I, I think you even touched on something else that that I felt this like rattling in my cage as you said it. But you know, we spend so much time thinking about how we need to be loved. What about thinking about how they need to be loved, how they need to be heard? And, you know, that goes back to this, this thing of that we see a lot in society, right? Of this this entitlement that's kind of out there. But I deserve this and I deserve that. And look when you're absolutely right when you grow up and you know my parents were 27 years old when they had me i look at myself at 27 i mean even now but if i look at myself at 27 i didn't know shit right i was like yeah. you know i couldn't imagine having kids and trying to figure things out and and, and the battles and and questioning who they are and self love and worthiness and all the things that i'm still struggling with and trying to be very con- conscious of and aware of today you know, that, especially now that I have a four and a five-year-old that I'm parenting and trying to bring that awareness to them and be mindful of what my, my shadows are and go through those pieces. But, but I think if you can focus on, on what other people need, right. I think that if the if the golden rule is treat other people, how you want to be treated, right. The the platinum rule is treat others how they want to be treated mm. and, you know, give them the things that, that they want, you know, as long as there's boundaries, it's not, shouldn't be to your detriment. You can't, you know, You can't uh, give someone food if you're hungry. You can't give them shelter if you're homeless. You have to take care of yourself and have those boundaries obviously as well. But I I think there's a a very healthy amount of, of, of time and consideration that can be given to this idea of, hey, what is it my mom wants actually, right? And she wants to feel loved by her son. She wants to. She wants to have phone calls. She wants me to to talk about what I'm doing in my day. She probably doesn't want to hear all the hippie shit I'm doing about yeah, the yeah, medicine journeys not. and and
0: Didn't all the other a little stuff. worried about us, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to send her off into that tailspin either. Reel it back in a little bit, guys. You exactly. Got to get a bit exactly. Out
1: there. <laughs> but but you know there there's definitely that space to to share. You know, and and I you know I tell you what I, I shared that Temescal experience with her. And I was very reluctant to do so. And, and I, but I did it because, you know, the other thing my grandma said at that time is that, that she goes, Hey, do me a favor and tell your, your mom and your aunt something for me, tell them that that life's supposed to be fun and that they're not having fun anymore. Oh, wow. And man, I said that to my mom, um, and she started sobbing, crying. And she made me retell that story again to my aunt, which was really hard. Cause now I've told the story probably 50 or 60 times. So I don't get as, as emotional, but as you could tell, I'm watering up a little bit. <laughs> mm. um, but, but I told it to my aunt and, and my aunt's very, very tight, man. The walls around her heart are like, you know, 900 feet high with, you know, barbed wire and guards at every corner <laughs> and, And, you know, when I saw her break down and then they shared with me that they were talking the week prior about them not feeling like they were enjoying life the same way that grandma would have wanted, that Mm. when I shared that with them, man, I could just see the, you know, for a brief moment in time that those walls just disintegrated and their hearts were right there in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom said, I'm going to do a Temescal ceremony. I'm like, that's it. I don't care how hot I have to be. Like if I can connect with my mom, if I can have that opportunity to get that message, uh, that's something I'm going to do, you know, in the next, you know, few years. And oh, right and on, would, man,
0: have I you would, guys uh, worked towards that vision yet?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause we were, we were talking a little bit about it, uh, at lunch and she was like, yeah, she's like, well, I'm nervous. I'm like, look, you're, you know, spiders make you nervous, you know, needles make Mm. you nervous, but you still go to the doctor. You still, you know, you still get rid of spiders when they're in the house. So, you know, this is something that that's beautiful, but it's, it's something that, that, that I don't think before I would have given her the, the, the space to consider. And I think sometimes you do people a disservice when you, when you don't tell the story or you don't share because you're not allowing them to say yes or no. So that was another really good integration was like, hey, all you can do is put this in front of people. Because she asked, right? She, You seem so happy. What happened? Why are you so joyous? What's going on? Like, what's in your heart? Um, and I think when people see that change in you and they they start asking you questions, man, we owe it to them to share this medicine. And, yeah. and that's been a And big when we connect
0: with journey. truth, right? The truth resonates. Even if they might not receive it because they have their own walls, their own stories about you know, their own beliefs and what this experience is. And I'm not going to go do that thing because it's whatever, whatever story they have about it. If, if you're, if you're going through it and you're fully embodying it and you can share from a place of honest, transparent truth, even if they're not, you know, receiving it right there, like their soul knows, like their deeper part of their being will receive it and it knows. And it's really fascinating to know that like, if we try and sugarcoat things or like say it the way we think they want to hear it to try and make it accessible, then then they can feel that that's not 100% truth but when it's totally transparent truth like they have no chance but to receive it if it's a clean energetic exchange right Oof. yeah it's cuz
1: that 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 authenticity is disarming right it's the it's the hack to get around all those security things that they've built up because it's like you just slip past all the the lasers and the the sensors and all the other shit that they have like right for to keep people out it's like you know, you're just it's just you just smoke right through those things, and it's like, yeah, wow, that's that's a beautiful truth. So, and that that that's another great share too, and, and okay. a good thing to point out.
0: Sticking with this this concept of of parenting, um, you know, I know you're you're a father yourself, and and I'm I'm an, you know expecting father. My my boy is coming in a few months, and I'm really stoked about the opportunity to step into that role. I know it's going to lead to a lot of a lot of growth, right? A lot of lessons, a lot of challenges, but, you know, I think it's, I've heard that, you know, our kids are our biggest teachers and, you know, I just so look up to you and the man that you are and the healing work that you've done so you can show up best for your kids. Talk about that journey as a man, you know, especially in today's culture and society and what it means to, you know, find that balance and do this deeper healing work and connect to our emotional bodies and being able to express ourselves openly and vulnerably and honestly and, and, what that, like fully being able to fully embody that and how that affects, you know, your kids, your family, your wife and your life, and even the people you interact with. Um, talk a little bit about that journey and what it means to you. Sure.
1: Well, thank you for the the compliment. It's, it's definitely, um, definitely something that I continue to work on. Right. I, I, I don't know that, uh, I'll ever be there as emboldened and powerful as this, this, God-like dad, I think we'd all ultimately like to be that we'd all love to be the the version of ourselves that our kids see us as, right? Which is these deities, right? <laughs> that, that that know we're all knowing and seeing and strong and powerful and huge. But you know, I, I didn't have that model growing up as to what two parents look like together in a loving home. Um, you know, my my mom would raise me uh, from the age of of five on. Uh, I really rekindled a relationship uh, with my father later on, right around 17, 18, um, we, we we got to be like very, very close. And it wasn't until I saw him get married to, to his wife, Kathleen, who's his current wife now, um, where I started to get some semblance of an idea of what a healthy relationship should look like, what love in the home looked like, what communication in the home looked like. And so, you know, I, I think we all have some work to do on our own inner child and and what's missing. And a lot of the work that that I have done over the last two years has really been around myself as a kid, right? Is, is closing my eyes. And um, I, I tell you, I had this meditation that Alex Nelson, a, a fellow tribe member put together called Connecting to Your Inner Child. Um, I walked through this, this meditation uh, earlier in the year. And it's a beautiful thing. I, I highly recommend it to, to anybody out there. And I could send it to
0: you, Joe, if you want to put yeah, it in the show. Yeah, send notes it to me and I'll notes. put it in the show notes for sure.
1: And it's it's this 29 meditation, 29-minute uh, meditation. And, and basically toward the end of the meditation, you get to the space where he walks you in real deep. So you're just in this very, you know, calm, relaxed state, and you see this kid and they're playing in a meadow, and you walk closer to them. And you realize that 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 the the kid is actually you and you see yourself as this kid and, and you realize that you're this age, right? And an age just comes to you every time I've done this meditation. And the first time I did it, I was seven years old. <clears throat> and he said, you know, ask your inner child, what is it? What do you, what do you want from me? How can I help you? What What, what is it you need? And, you know, my inner child said, play with me and it was this like uh really like beautiful thing but like daggers into my heart right where i realized as a kid i didn't have a, a lot of room to play right mm-hmm. not that i didn't play baseball and basketball and football and do sports and things like that but much of my childhood was spent vacuuming because my i thought my mom might be upset about something and i could overhear her on the phone talking about not having help at the house and worried about you know, tying money together and all these things. And so I kind of, you know, acted almost as like this childhood surrogate husband doing things around the house to help out. Go take out the trash, go do this, go do, go do all these little errands. And, you know, again, through no fault of my mother's at all, she, this was all stuff that, that, that she was trying to do behind closed doors. Kids are savvy, man. They listen, they hear things, they pick up. And more than anything, you talk a lot about this energy that's out there man, kids sense energy, like, like from a mile away, like as intuitive as I feel like I've become. If my wife is upset, my five-year-old will just walk into the room out of nowhere, give her a hug and be like, you're beautiful, mommy. I love you. And she's just like, thanks, baby. And she like gives him a big hug and wraps her arms around it because he's so sensitive. He's so attuned to the energy in the room that he just like smells it. It's like this very palpable thing. And so, you know, how do I, you know, try to to be a great, you know, father is I try to be a great friend and a husband and a father. I try to spend time playing with my kids. You know, one of the things that came out of that uh, meditation was this thing we call wild animal time. Um, And I shared with you this experience where my wife was trying to put the kids to bed. I had a long day at work and I just blew my top and ran in and yelled and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like this very explosive energy that I put onto my kids and to my wife. And and what came out of that meditation was, hey, man, if you just played with your kids a little bit before bed, they wouldn't have all this kinetic energy that they, they need to expend. They would just go to bed. And so mm-hmm. now, you know, we have this thing called wild animal time, which is, it's man, it's literally, man, just 10, 15 minutes where I allow them to scream in the house, which is normally a no-no. we zing pillows at each other. They howl, they, you know, they run around. Oh. And they just physically, we just physically get it out. And we're just pillow fighting and running and tickling each other and like roughhousing around the house. And, you know, we've been doing that for about two months now. And like every day, my kids, like uh, one of our practices, after we read a book, uh, we do a meditation, uh, we do our, we do our six lion's breath. This gets me emotional talking about this too. Uh, And we talk about what we're grateful for in the day. And, you know, they pick, you know, sometimes one thing, sometimes they list off five or six things, but almost every time is, you know, I'm grateful for wild animal time. I'm grateful for, for, for being a wolf with you, dad. I'm grateful for this. Mm. And to see like their little faces release that kinetic energy and be excited. It gets me excited to be a dad, right? It gets Mm. me excited to step into that role and to start to feel like I'm doing some things just really, really right and, you know, going back to what you said about, you know, kids being our greatest teachers, what you realize is that, that man, they, they don't do what you say, they do what you do. Mm. And man, one of the most powerful lessons of that, and this is just a funny one, but, you know, every morning my, like we'd get the kids up, you know, dress them. I would go, you know, brush my teeth or journal or meditate for something. My wife is in there, you know, cooking breakfast and I would go in and, you know, give her a slap on the butt and say, love you, babe. And give her a kiss on the cheek, dude, I'll be damned if like three weeks later, both of them didn't slap her on the butt and say, love you, babe. and Try to give her a kiss on the cheek. I was like, Oh man. Okay. I got to, maybe I got to peel back on some of this stuff right here, but, but you
0: know, I want them to grow up in that loving home. I want them to see all those things. Oh man. Thanks for sharing that. That's it's really beautiful because it is—it is this energetic exchange, right? And the kids are so connected; they can feel that. And you know, you're talking about the inner child work. I think one of the most powerful ceremonies I've ever done was uh, a couple months into COVID. I did my own inner child ceremony. I, ate, I, ate, uh, it was the first time I've ever really like I felt this intuitive call to go sit by myself, do some mushrooms, put an eye mask on, and go in and i don't know where the calling came from what it was but it just intuitively felt right and i had been talking with sarah my wife now and um she was sharing with me a little bit about inner child work and i like i didn't really know exactly what it was but she shared a meditation with me too and like guiding me into this space of meeting my inner child and i never understood it from this place of you know when we're kids we're growing up and all these things happen to us and you know sometimes they're not necessarily traumatic or bad, but it's the way we are shaped to understand the the world and the way it works and the way we're supposed to interact with the world. And she was like sometimes something traumatic happens and we don't receive the love or attention or support from our parents the way we need it at the time. And so for me, the inner child ceremony I did was this, and you know just a little backstory. I was working on writing my book and I did this exercise with my writing coach and it was this timeline exercise, and he was like, "Write, you know, in your timeline, what um, like major events that happen in your life." And so, the first event I wrote was this third grade. I moved from Vegas to Orange County in the middle of the year, middle of the school year, and that was a really big event for me. I remember that shaping a story, a big story. And then the next event I talked about was my freshman year when I started playing football. And so, there's this whole time frame, and he he made it, brought it up to my awareness. He was like, "That's fascinating." I was like, "What is?" Like you know, you don't don't remember anything. There's nothing major that happened from third grade to high school, and I was like, and I thought about it, and I couldn't access any of those memories. And I was like, that's really fascinating and really strange, and I wanted to kind of uncover that. And so when I did this inner child ceremony, I ate the mushrooms, I, I put the eye mask on, and then Sarah gently guided me on a ten minute meditation, kind of similar thing, into this park, into this meadow, and there's my inner child sitting there, and we we you know, embraced each other and I grabbed his hand and we walked and she said, as we walked, she said, you guys go ahead and have a conversation. And in that moment, like for the rest of the ceremony, I was just getting this Rolodex of memories. And every time a memory would come up, good or bad, it was like, I just loved myself as the parent that I needed in that moment. And a lot of these traumatic events of like how I interact with the world, you know, like it was just like, I was able to love myself in the way I needed in that moment. And I could feel that. And I felt this deep healing in my in my in my inner child. And you know, it's fascinating going through that whole experience. I like cried so much. And it was like this ugly face cry, like processing all this emotion and this energy and just like snot everywhere. And I just remember every time a memory would come up, I would like hug myself and be like, Oh my God, you're so loved. Mm-hmm. You are so loved. And I was just supporting myself through all of these memories that had such a big impact on my life. And I was just like loving myself and be like, you're you're going to be fine. Like you you make it through all of this. You you achieve your dreams. You go play in the NFL. You're like you're an amazing guy. Like you get through all of this. Like you're going to be okay. Like you're so loved. And you know, I'm getting goosebumps I was thinking about this. It was such a profound experience, and it's fascinating. Now I have access to all of these memories again. And like when I think back, I can like I see my life from this different perspective, this different lens. And I feel like that's part of this work is accessing those points because if we don't give ourselves space to understand or love ourselves in that way, it does become this unconscious pattern and these shadow. That's why they call it the shadow work because it goes into your unconscious and it shapes the way you interact with reality. And there's there might be a way that you you get triggered for something and you don't know why. Like, why do I get so angry? You know, I, I know, like I've heard a lot of people have kids, like something will happen while their kid will do something. And then we react in the way that our dad reacted. And it's almost unconscious pattern. And it's an opportunity to heal that. It's like, where does that come from? And a lot of times it's unconscious. And that's why plant medicines are so amazing to work with as a tool to uncover some of this stuff. But you know, you're talking about your inner child ceremony, that that really resonates. And I think that every single person should do that type of work, like some type of inner child work, because there is this aspect of ourselves. Like if something mm-hmm. happened when we were seven years old that that traumatized us, then there's that that personality that if that scenario comes up now, then that seven-year-old self comes out. And like, we have these different aspects of ourselves that are all part of our psyche that all interact with the world in different ways. And that's where these masks come from, right? Like we talked about early. And if we can process those emotions and love ourselves through that and say like, we're going to be okay just because we didn't know when we were kids how the world was. And it's like, we can remove all those masks and we can show up fully as ourselves and integrate all of that into one. And it's just really, really beautiful. And the way you show up for your kids, man, like you know, I hope, I hope there's a lot of fathers out here that can really learn from that story that you just shared because it really, you know, I'm even hearing like trying to read baby books, learn how to be a good dad. And, and, and you know, the people that I see and witness that are showing up and doing it the right way, it's because they're doing the work on becoming the best man they can and embodying love fully. And I, I, I just know that's really how you show up and, and show up for your kids in the best way is by doing your own work because it is really this energetic exchange. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, Damn, Joe, that no surprise that we <laughs> that we have that in common. And we've we've gone down there. I feel like every time we talk, there's like more similarities for for, for us being soul brothers <laughs> to talk about these things. Um, so so it resonates, but I think what I would what, what we both just articulated in different ways is the best way to be a phenomenal parent is to be the best version of you. And if you've ever heard somebody say, whether it's a, you know, and normally for men, right? It's, 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 a, it's a spouse or a lover or a girlfriend, right? If you've ever heard the words, you're acting like a child, um, normally that sets you off. But, but what I would advise is that you actually, for a moment, get out of that egoic self for a moment and, and go, hey, am I acting like a child? And most likely you are. And, and there's these like temper tantrums that, that we throw, right? Particularly as men, because you know, when my house where I grew up, there was two emotions that guys were allowed to have. You could be happy or you could be angry, right? Like mm. that's being an Irish Catholic. Like you could be pissed off and fight about something, or you could be ecstatic and joy and run around and be happy. That doesn't really leave a broad spectrum of things for you to go through because there's there's happiness and and greed and and sadness and joy and and envy and and anger and and all this this you know, corticopia of emotions for people to step through, you know, as a child, as a, as a teenager, as an adult. And, you know, for me to be the best dad, it's not just how I show up for my kids, but it's what I model as a relationship for my wife. And, you know, I I had this conversation. We had a, we had a couple that was staying here and they were talking back and forth about, you know, did they want to have kids? And they weren't sure they, they had so much fun together that, you know, they didn't want that to go away. And man, you know, Shirley and I received what I feel is, you know, one of the best compliments that we've ever gotten, which was, you know, the way you show up for each other and yourselves as parents is just inspiring. You guys have really made it okay for us to really talk about what having a child would actually mean, because clearly you can be a husband and a father and a lover and a boyfriend and a friend, and you can make room for these other, you know, hats that we all need to wear, that we all need to express, right? We all need to have time with the boys. And I don't mean like Friday nights for the boys, like some stupid fucking meme, right? Like, I mean, like go hang out with your boys and have that healthy masculine energy and Mm -hmm. make time for your spouse to go have healthy time, the divine feminine and show up as a son or a daughter or a, a, a brother, or a sister, or whatever those things are. But if you make room for all of those things, you won't sit in misery with just one of them. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when, you know, we had, Shirley and I had a, you know, not a a, a a little argument, and it was in front of the kids, and it was a very healthy, hey, what did you mean by this? I meant this. Well, what does this mean? I meant this, blah, blah. And it was like right there in front of the kids, so they can see what a healthy discourse looks like of this back and forth, because I also don't want to hide that and give my kids the the perception that a healthy marriage or a healthy union between two people means that no one ever fights or disagrees or argues. And so this was something that like for us and for me, at least was very important to actually model what a healthy conversation looks like. And, And I think as parents, you know, what I see, you know, other people and friends that I have, you know, they try to hide those things like it doesn't exist and i think mm. you you don't equip your kids with the tools to be able to navigate those waters when they come up if you pretend like everything's always hunky dory mm. like certainly certain parts of it probably don't belong in front of them right like there's a there's a, a time where it might require you to like can we take this <laughs> offline when the kids are asleep or can we can we discuss x you know when they're not around But more often than not, I mean, I would say 80% of the time, like if we have something to flush out, we do it there as long as we can keep it healthy. As long as it's not too, you know, too much of an emotional explosion or draining or whatever it is, because that can be, I think, toxic as well. But I, you know, and again, what do I know? I'm, you know, I've been married for 11 years with my wife for 15. Uh, I'm certainly not sitting here with 50 years and, and, you know, nine kids who are all, you know, one's in Harvard, one's this, one's that, like you know, and I don't even know if that's necessarily a sign of, of being a great parent, but, but in my very humble opinion right now, I just, I feel in my heart of hearts, I have this knowing that that's a right way to model a great relationship and, and, and that, that it's not always rainbows and sunshines and kittens. Sometimes mommy and dad, you're going to have a conversation. Sometimes it's not pleasant.
0: Hmm. Man, you're such an inspiration, man. I look up to you in so many ways, the way you're showing up for your kids and your family and it's just it's so beautiful to be able to talk about this stuff i feel like this is really what's needed and and part of you know healing the world and and changing the world and the collective experience is raising better humans and in order for us to raise better humans we have to show up and heal ourselves so that energy is not passed down and you know sticking with this theme because i think you just have so much wisdom and you've done so much work and you have so much awareness around it like what is it what does it mean to be a man in your opinion? Like, what is a real man? What defines a real man in your opinion?
1: Um, man, you know, that's something that that Fit for Service has really taught me a lot of. And, <clears throat> you know, I would give a nod to Kyle Kingsbury for really stepping up into the healthy divine masculine right. And, and being such a model because he's so wide open with his, his range of emotions, right. Here's this, you know, MMA fighter who, when you look at him, just looks like this, you know, gorilla who can, you know, take out five guys at once, right. He probably could, right. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's,
1: there's so much love in that man's heart. And there's so much, you know, like this, this in his eyes, you don't see any any of of what the exterior possesses, you just see this ability to like love everybody and want to put this this amazing amount of of love into the universe. And so you know what's changed for me in, in terms of the divine masculine and being a healthy man <clears throat> and showing up for your kids is is really leaning into all of your emotions, right? No matter what they are. It's allowing your kids to see you cry right? It's allowing your, your spouse to see you cry, your friends to see that emotion. It's being able to to tell your male friends, hey, man, I love you. Hope you had a good day. Hey, I'm here if you need me. Um, it's, it's showing you know that you can be funny and charming and witty if that's who you are, but that you also have a, a, a sensitive side that, that you can cry at if, if a movie gets to you, you can shed a tear, right? Or you can weep uh, if you see something beautiful, and you can let people know that it means something to you, it's putting love out into the universe and and letting people know that you care about them, regardless of what's reflected back, regardless of of the toxic masculinity that that comes back to you. Um, because that look, it will. We we live in a society where people will still reach out and point their fingers and be like, ah, eh, you you know, fag, you this, you that. And they'll spill that, that sort of old school toxicity, which look, man, that's, you know, it's just not healthy to to have two or three emotions at your disposal. You need all of them. So I think stepping into your divine masculine means embracing all of the emotions that, that come forward and, and being able to put that out, you know, you and I talked about, um, you know, I told you about my practice every single Wednesday where I scroll to the very last text that I've ever sent. Like by last, I mean I don't mean the the most recent one, but the one furthest down in your text list. And you know, I've been doing that pretty consistently for for about nine months or so. And and just reaching out to everybody and saying, hey man, I love you. Right. Or thank you so much. Right. The, the guy who you know, sold me my sauna, right? Like, Hey man, I've been in that thing. You know, if there's a 30 day month, I'm in that thing, 27 out of the 30 days. Thank you so much. You know, I'm thinking about you and I just appreciate that, that, you know, you answered the call, answered my questions and set me up with this to people that I've worked with, to friends that I haven't reached out with for a while And, and I think that's a very, and look, that could be the divine feminine as well, right? I think women are better at, at, at putting that out there, but as a man to, to put that energy out there, to, to push love into the universe and let people know that you're thinking about them, that you're caring about them and that you're taking the time to do that. And it just is so well-received. And what's come back to me has just been amazing, man. It's, it's been love and support of Of my business which wasn't the intent right it's it's been hey man i was having this terribly shitty day i can't believe you would take the time to think that like you literally just turned my day around like thank you thank you thank you thank you for this message you have no idea and you know that is such a healthy place for us to operate as men inside of our our healthy masculinity is to show that love uh because anybody can be the tough guy. Anybody can puff up and talk about who they're going to beat up. And if they got this person in a room, look out. It's just not that impressive, right? Mm. And and look, I think there's times where the warrior has to show up, right? Mm. Being a man is also sometimes rising that occasion and, and fighting the good fight. But it's it's not doing it out of ego and bravado and this machismo that exists. It's doing it because sometimes that's the right thing to do. And that's what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. But you know, my my definition of a man is is not being able is not being afraid to put love out there, uh, to stand up for yourself, to stand up for those that are around you that you care about, and is to just try to be the best possible version of yourself and be unabashed in that person, so other people will 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 acknowledge that about you. And when they do, man, like it just anytime somebody says something nice about me, it fills my heart with such a thing of joy. And I'm so humbled by it man like you know I think you know from a very sincere place continuing to be humbled by the words that people give to you and not say not shake it off yeah oh, yeah no worries but like hey thank you right receive like
0: yeah you know I being think able a lot to of people teach. struggle with receiving right amen because <laughs> when it's of energetic <laughs> yeah because when it's an energetic exchange if someone's giving me genuine authentic love and appreciation and an acknowledgement, if I just shoo that off because I don't feel like I'm worthy of it or whatever reason, then that energy, if we don't receive that energy, then there's no way for it to flow back to them. But if we're able to receive, because them giving us love is an expression that is adding value to them. I mean, this is the way the universe works, right? Just talking about my parents really them giving love to us is them feeding themselves really. But if we put a wall and say, Oh no, like, you know, no big deal. Like it's just that if we're not fully able to receive that, if we can sit in presence and fully receive that energy, then that's just as much for them as it is us. And it creates this energetic cycle. And the more we realize that it's all energy and all these emotions are energy and being able to connect with them and allow them. I mean, that's why fully embodying the feminine aspect of us is really, to to become a fully embodied man, you have to have balance between the divine feminine and divine masculine. And being able to receive is really the feminine essence of who we are. And being able to love and being able to allow, be able to hold space and then having that masculine, when it's in balance, being able to show up as a man, as this, this this support system, as this strength, and being able to do the right thing when it's called upon you, but also being able to hold space. And I'll tell you what, brother, you are doing the work and like I'm so grateful to have you in my life as not only a brother, but as a role model, as somebody that I can look up to and just... You know, the way you've just articulated that, it's not just words, it's not lip service. You're fully embodying that. And I think that's how we show up and have a biggest impact in the world is how can we fully embody the lessons that we've learned and connect to love in a beautiful way. And I see that in you and I love that about you. And I learned from you just by witnessing you. And I really appreciate it, brother. Well, thank you and received. <laughs> oh man, see that just lit me up. You're <laughs> yes. receiving that
1: it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. It, it, it definitely yeah. is a beautiful thing.
0: Man. I feel like we got, I think we reached over an hour and I feel like we, we kind of answered one question. <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> I think that is what movie? happened. We're we're at like an hour five right now, according to
0: this timer. So we, we've cool. gone long. Well, I feel like we just, you've added so much value and I feel like, you know, these concepts You you've, you're someone who can really share about this from a place of experience. And I feel like, you know, anybody out there who really wants to become a better man, a better father, a better husband can learn a lot just by listening to what you've shared and from personal experience. I know I have. Um, so we'll definitely we'll leave it at that and maybe we'll kind of continue to dive into some deeper questions in the future. But I really appreciate you coming on, man, and sharing your wisdom and and for the love that you're showing up and, and providing. I mean, even that that story of of reaching out and giving love to people on the bottom of your text, like that just when we do stuff like that, like that creates these energetic cycles that just come right back and fill us up. And it's so beautiful to have these practices and these tools to continue to fill our own cups so we can radiate love out and have a bigger impact in the world. So thank you. My pleasure, brother. And thank you. Humbled by your words as always.
1: And uh, I look at you the same way, man. It's it's been awesome to get to know you. I'm I'm glad we got a chance to jump on this and if you feel called to do it again, I'm happy. Like I said, I didn't realize one question was going to take us uh, an hour <laughs> and change, but as always, we, we, we tend to go deep.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Is there any, um, any, any way people can find you or connect with you or anything you're working on that you'd like to plug, go ahead and take some time to do that.
1: Sure. Yeah. You can uh, find me on Instagram at uh, Casa de Hager um, on I G H A G E R Casa de And uh, I'm working on Enrollify, uh, which is uh, really trying to give jobs to people who are in the insurance space or looking to be in the insurance space to work remotely. Uh, Sort of works sort of like uh, if uh, Uber met Geek Squad for benefits. So matching people up with opportunities uh, so you guys could make money. So if you're curious and you want to find out more about that, Uh, enrollify.io and uh, reach out to me on IG happy to answer any questions or or do whatever needs to be done and thanks again Joe appreciate you
0: my man really appreciate you taking the time we'll talk again soon sounds good all right thank you so much to Chris for coming on and sharing a little bit about his journey about his life you know I think the most value I've got out of this conversation and just connecting with this guy is his ability to show up and look into himself and question the stories and work through his own stuff to show up as a man and fully embodying it. And I see it. I've witnessed it connected with him. He's got an amazing energy. He's an amazing light in this world. Um, Go reach out to him, connect with him. And, you know, I I feel like we can all learn a lot from that conversation. I know I did. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, If you guys haven't checked out my other podcast yet, Life Beyond the Game, uh, it's a podcast where I bring on former professional athletes to talk about the stuff off the field and really, you know, focus on the transition out of sports and the difficulties and the unique challenges that come with that journey. Um, It's geared for. I built it for former athletes to normalize the experience of transition because it does come with such unique challenges. And if you are a former athlete and you're looking for community, I also built a community called The Heart Collective. That's H-A-R-T Collective. You can check it out at theheartcollective.com. If you're interested in joining and learning more, go check that out. Reach out to me. Um, One thing we all need is support. And I've been a part of a couple different communities. That's where I met Chris is through a community of like-minded people who are really uh, focused on reaching their highest potential. And I wanted to provide that to my community of brothers who have played um, sports. And it's really been a special experience. We're getting rolling now. community is continuing to grow. And it's really just a beautiful, safe container where we can express ourselves openly learn from one another and continue to grow and reach for our highest potential outside of sports. If you're interested in that, please reach out. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please review it, rate it. It goes a long way to supporting the podcast, supporting me and all of you loyal listeners and loyal followers. Thank you so much for the support and love Um, and just keep showing up. The world is changing and we get to be a part of it. And I'm really grateful for that. Hope you're all doing well and until next time, peace.